everyone. Welcome back to Portraits of Grief podcast. Your hosts today, Tiffany Bernal and Tara Storm. And thank you for taking time out of your day to listen wherever you are. Um, on this episode of Portraits of Grief, we are pleased to be joined uh, by two guests today, two special guests. We have Christina and Stephanie from the online community, blog and podcast, Sunflowers and Red Feathers. So thank you ladies for joining us. And I know that, I only know a nugget of your story, but I know that you both have experienced child loss. And through that profound loss, you found each other and formed a friendship. And that's how your online community and podcast got started. So we're grateful that you've um, taken time out of your evening tonight to join with us and speak and just, um, you know, be in a vulnerable space to share with our listeners more about your own journeys and how you met. I know without a doubt, this will be insightful and impactful for a lot of um, people out there. So thank you, ladies, for being here. Yeah, thank you. So I'll just start off by sharing a little bit. Uh, I think Stephanie and I are both just going to share kind of a brief uh, explanation of um, how we met, which is that our, both of our sons died in 2017. And the way that they died were very, very similar. And Stephanie actually reached out to me right after my son died. So that's kind of how we met. Um, but my son's name is Mason. And he was 19 months old. And he died in a drowning accident um, on August 1st of 2017. Um, he was a missing child the first night. He kind of disappeared and we didn't really know where he was. And so pastors from our church and lots of friends and family came over and you know, everybody was praying for a miracle and he was gone missing that whole first night. And then they found him the next morning. So um, Stephanie reached out to me because my story kind of went viral, especially on social media, because he was a missing person, a missing child. And so um you know, that kind of everybody was spreading the word. So it went crazy on social media. And so Stephanie found my story. And so after it changed the next morning to be uh, a child that had, that had died, kind of the same thing happened again. It went viral. And, you know, everybody's like, oh, did you hear, you know, the next tragedy. Right. And so um, at the time, I was getting tons and tons and tons of messages on social media, especially Facebook and you know, how do you respond to people you don't know? Like that was not the first thing on my mind. It was very overwhelming. And I just remember Stephanie saying, you know, I hope, I hope this reaches you when you're ready. And if you ever need to talk, like find me. And I just remember it's probably, I don't know, weeks or months after he died that I was like, okay, I should go back. And I remember this one girl, I don't remember her name, but I just kind of scrolled through messages and found her and reached out and we just hit it off. We just started talking. We had such similarities in our stories circumstances of how our boys died and just the raw fact that we were in that same early stage of grief at the same time going through the same trauma it was really helpful to be able to go to somebody and just say exactly how I was feeling like I'm mad right now I'm super depressed right now and you know just all those raw emotions that you feel so early on in, in your grief and you think you're going crazy and to have somebody else that was there with me was amazing and so um, we decided to go to, um, there's a national child loss support group called the Compassionate Friends. And so we found one in um, the town closest to us and we went in May of 2018. So just after Stephanie's first year anniversary of her son's death and right before mine and um, just found that community. And from that, we really learned the benefits of being able to have other bereaved parents that understand because you really just 
it's a totally different grief than anything else. Like your grandparents die, you expect that. Your parents die eventually, you expect that. But child loss is so unnatural and there's just no way to plan for that. And the only people who can ever truly understand that is somebody who else has gone through it. So finding that community of people really has been huge. And fast forward to now, um, I've been home almost so since March of 2020 due to my own health issues. And then with COVID and everything, our local TCF group wasn't able to meet in person anymore. So uh, Stephanie and I decided to do a live video and we had so much feedback from people like, oh, you guys are really awesome to hear. Like you talk so well. And like, well, yeah, we're, you know, we've talked like this for years and they're like, you should start your own podcast. And so that's how we got the idea to start Sunflowers and Red Feathers. And um, yeah. Wow. Long story yeah. short. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was beautiful. I think Christina hit it on the head. So, um, like she was saying, I lost my son. Um, Joshua is my son. Um, and I lost him just a few months before Christina and similar circumstance. I lost him on a family trip. Um, he fell in the river and I couldn't get to him in time. And so, um, crazy whirlwind of experiences, and um, it was tragic. <laughs> Losing a child is something you never expect. And so when that happens, your world kind of falls apart. And I spent, you know, a lot of that time feeling alone. I didn't have anybody to reach out to. I didn't know anybody that had lost children before. And um, I had so much compassion in my heart. Like when I read her story, um, I had, I probably had 20 people send me the news articles saying, oh, you need to reach out to her. You need to reach out to her. Um, and so I did, I felt terrible for doing it, but I'm so glad that she got back to me and that we were able to talk, um, those first few weeks after she messaged me back, we probably talked every day for hours and it was so healing. I think, I think my grief had been in just a standstill until we both started talking, um, in my family, I had to be the strong one. Um, my husband had never experienced loss before I had, I lost my mom when I was 21. And so um, grief wasn't extremely new to me. Um, I actually went to school to be a grief counselor and I worked for hospice as a grief counselor. And so I thought I knew what grief was, right? And then um, when you lose a child, all that goes out the window completely. And so um, that whole time I felt like I had to be the strong one for my family and I was in a numb spot and I really didn't allow myself to get out of there because I didn't wanna go to a dark place. And then once I was able to start talking to Christina, I feel like it got better. <laughs> um, I was able to start feeling again. I was able to express what I was feeling. And um, I was able to start grieving for the first time, I think. And that is a beautiful thing to do. Um, you really need to be able to grieve. You need to get those feelings out and be honest with how you're feeling about them as well. So... Here we go. Now we're here and we use sunflowers and red feathers as a way to honor our children and to be able to help other mothers that might be in the same situation. Wow. Can you tell a little bit about the name sunflowers and red feathers? Yes. So um, I am the red feathers of sunflowers and red feathers and Christina is sunflowers. I'll let her explain um, sunflowers in a bit, but um, red feathers is um, it has to do with Joshua, of course. 
Um, his favorite color was red and he was crazy about Roman soldiers. So at a little history buff, he was five years old, but he loved everything about Rome. And he always would like draw pictures of Roman soldiers and he made sure to put the red feather, the plume on top of their helmet. (laughs) And so it is red feathers for us. Um, Whenever I see anything red or like red roses and red feathers, that's, that's Joshua for me. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. And for me, um, when Mason died, he was only 19 months old and um, we didn't really no, like he didn't have a favorite color or anything. And so when people asked how we wanted to decorate for his memorial and like what color we wanted to use, I had no idea. And my mom was his daycare provider. So she literally had him for five days a week. And she's like, oh, he always wants the yellow sippy cup. He must love yellow. And I was like, okay. Like I never wore yellow. I'm not like a bright, shiny yellow kind of person usually. Um, now I am. But so it just kind of became his, like our color for him. And I think one of the things that we've learned as free parents is like, there's always things that remind you of your children and things that you buy or, you know, things that represent them in your life. And colors are really significant to people for some reason, whether it's their child's favorite color or something that reminds them of them. Um, so anyways, anything that was yellow always stands out to me now. And I never really noticed sunflowers before, but that summer after his first uh, anniversary, death anniversary, I noticed these wild sunflowers that just popped up everywhere. And I saw them every time I leave my house, every road trip would go on, there was these sunflowers. And then um, at the time we had just hadn't done the landscaping in our backyard yet. It was all dirt and nasty and whatever. And all of a sudden this beautiful yellow wild sunflower just popped up right next to our little memorial tree that we had put in for Mason. And I don't know, they just, they've become super special to us. And so, um, originally Stephanie was like, we should name it yellow sippy cup and red, red feathers. And I'm like, okay, well, that's a little long. I love it. I'm like, how about sunflowers? So oh, that's wow. how we got sunflowers and red feathers. Oh. Wow. That's so special. I, so like special. I think <laughs> now I'm forever going to be attuned to sunflowers and red feathers for sure. Really? I got the chills <laughs> when you said there was the sunflower that popped up in your yard. That's... I can share the picture. Oh I took it. Yeah. It's amazing. Do you feel that you've, um, both of you, like, see either sunflowers or red feathers randomly kind of often a lot now or signs and what have you? All the time. I see red, lots of signs that way and not necessarily red feathers yet, but. Yeah. 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 Just yellow everywhere. Yeah. And even if it's not something that somebody has, like, purposefully done, Mm -hmm. I feel like you know, people believe that their kids send them or even people who have died send them signs or, you know, whatever your beliefs are. Um, I think whether you choose to think that's from your child or not is totally up to you. And I like to think that it is and it makes me happy. So why not? <laughs> well, I, um, my coffee mug this morning, I chose, you know, I don't get many choices in life. But I do get to choose my, my coffee mug and I chose <laughs> my sunflower coffee mug this morning, which I've had since like the 80s or 90s maybe when sunflowers are really big you know and I, yeah yeah so that was my coffee mug this morning so maybe that was a, a sign see um, I'm I haven't heard this story but you know I'm curious um this might be a hard question to answer because we don't know what ifs but you know if you hadn't met do you think that would have changed the trajectory of your grief process and and where you are today Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. I think definitely. so too. <laughs> definitely. I wouldn't have been able to go to TCF by myself. That's for sure. Uh, yeah. I had to like drag her. 
But yeah, if I didn't have Stephanie, I mean, um, the only thing that's really different about our scenario is that I was away when my son went missing. He was uh, with my husband and my my father and my brother-in-law. And so um, my husband really has the trauma of the experience itself. And so for Stephanie, she was right there and saw everything that happened to Joshua. So they have that, that they share. Um, but so anyways, I, I don't really, I never really had that outlet to, I never wanted to put that on my husband and be like, tell me exactly what happened. I got that story. And so I've had a lot of just unanswered questions that I've had to learn to just live with and being able to talk to Stephanie and getting her side of, of it has really helped me to understand that, you know, knowing is not going to change the fact that my son is gone and I'm, I don't need to put that on my spouse. And so just having that conversation with Stephanie definitely has helped me. Well, it sounds like almost the, uh, the formula of getting to where you are today was being able to express your pain, your heartache, the, even maybe some of the joy or what, you know, all the stuff that's come out of it, um, connection in a safe place with no judgment or concern of having to be the strong one. Like you got to be truly raw in yourself mm-hmm. in this dyad. Um, and to me, that sounds like something that beautifully, I think came together because that's, you were able to express all the things that I think sometimes society isn't comfortable with us expressing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, podcast episode on that. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> So what would you say for people who are listening in and they're like, I don't have a, a, a friend or someone I can talk to who has a similar situation. Like what would you uh, suggest uh, for other grievers? Oh, definitely groups. There's, I mean, there's compassionate friends everywhere throughout the country, as well as Facebook groups. There's a plethora of those. Um, and just finding your tribe that way. I think it's so important to have, some kind of connection. There's something special about being able to connect to a bereaved parent because no one else understands the pain of child loss except for another bereaved parent. And being mm-hmm. able to have someone, I know it says misery loves company, but it's kind of true in that case. You know, you yeah, have yeah. to be able to have somebody that can understand that pain because you can't bear it alone. I mean, I'm sure you're and, you know, people have good intentions, but I'm also sure you've heard, <laughs> like, I mean, has your, have you ever, like, gotten abrupt with, like, telling people they could pack sand or, like, what are, how, have you had to have those conversations or? Oh, Stephanie uh, has. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where pack sand came from. That just, that popped in my mind. I, I apologize for that phrase. That's very uh, okay. important. <laughs> so t- can no, you to that a little bit or? Uh, can you explain that a little bit? Sorry, I, I got lost. Like the things that maybe people have said that you've had to say, like, hey, that's not an appropriate thing to say. Like, if, have you had those moments where you've called someone out? On- um, I don't know that I've necessarily called anybody out, but I've definitely had those moments. People really, they don't know how to react and they don't know what to do. I remember the night that I lost Joshua, we got home and um, 
I wasn't prepared to have to deal with everybody else's grief, you know, and I had people that were just sobbing on my shoulder and saying, I don't know how we're going to do this. And I'm like, hey, I'm the one that's supposed to be crying. You're not supposed to be doing this to me, <laughs> you know, those kind of things. And then people just saying, well, at least you have other children. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's, Christina always says this. Okay. So pick which kid you, you could live without, right? That mm-hmm. is so cringeworthy. Uh, right? Or, or, um, oh man, my cat died last week. Okay. Yeah. Cool. They know exactly what you're going through. Cool. Yeah. 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 Comparison. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, so those are real life things. Those yeah. happen. And those happen. unfortunately for a bereaved parent, that is terrible. <laughs> I mean, I can imagine your circle gets super small because you're like, wow, you're not safe. You're not safe. You're not safe. And then, you know, thank God you found each other because it's like, okay, we can talk about what we've heard. We can just be raw and honest. Um, yeah, we have a whole episode on that too. It's called Finding Your Tribe. We talk a lot about, a lot about how as um, after your child dies, you become this completely different person. So your family doesn't recognize you. Your friend does, friends don't know how to talk to you. And so you, it's called, it's called secondary grieving. It's like all the things that you miss out on yeah. Yeah. Um, because of your main loss. And so friendships are a lot of, a lot of those things. Or people don't you, um, feel like, do maybe people avoid talking about their milestones or excitement with their own child around you because they feel like, yeah. Okay. And you pick up on that. Oh yeah. yeah. You lose, you lose the play dates, you know, you lose Mm -hmm. all of your other mom friends, you know, Mm -hmm. you get, you stop getting invites out. (laughs) Those things are. Yeah. People are like, Oh, are you leaving your house now? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) You can always send the invitation, whether I want to come or not, that's up to me, but you can still always invite them. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. Well, so like, I'm curious, like for the people that um, you both experience people reaching out to you, um, like on social media, did you find that like an additional job that then you then had to like respond or was it comforting? What was that experience like? I didn't respond um, to anyone. <laughs> Just being honest. Okay. Um, I think I did find it comforting and I still do. And I've, I say that because I still have people and sometimes the same person that has over the years said things that, for example, a girl I went to high school with that I'm not really like very close with, they're like an acquaintance. We went to the same high school, but she's reached out to me multiple times talking about how, um, my story and learning about Mason has like changed the way that she lives her life. Like so many people say that, that he has impacted their lives and they didn't even know him, you know, just whether it was, they realized how short life was and that they needed to stay in their marriage or, you know, he was so young yet. He, he was so joyful. They realized that they needed to have more joy in their life, you know, just things like that. I had people reach out to me and of course I want to respond. I don't want to ignore that. And it made anytime anybody says anything about your child, it makes you happy. So yeah, I felt like I needed to say something back out of joy for myself. Yeah. And hearing their names too, like Mason, Joshua. Yeah, I, I, I know some people like, well, I don't want to say it because I don't want to remind them. Mm. And that is totally like, 100% wrong. It's the, okay. I read this one. Remind them of the worst yeah. day. I mean, like, there's no. Well, and plus it's just the opposite of every other grief scenario. Like our instinct as 
as um, I can't think of the right word, but um, people think that it's not okay to bring up something that makes people sad. Like if somebody's grandma just died, you know, not going to bring up their grandma. It's going to make them cry. It's totally opposite when you're a bereaved parent. Like, yeah, it might make us teary-eyed, but they might be happy tears because we're remembering the good times or the fact that you're just saying their name makes us happy. It's okay to make us cry. We want you to talk about our kids because that is the only thing that keeps them alive is the memories. Yep. Yeah. And as mothers, um, you both have other children, right? Am I? Yeah. Yeah, because I, I did some Instagram stalking before <laughs> to see. But <laughs> I, I'm just, and I feel like listeners will get something, and I'm curious too. How do you, um, like, how do you find that balance of just being a mother and still having to be strong <laughs> for your family and, you know, but still um, going through this deep grief? Do you have any? I don't know. We actually it's, just did an episode on that too. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's called it's being crazy. a mother to children on both sides of heaven or something. Wow. So wow. something interesting about Christine and I is we were both pregnant when we lost our children. Well, I was, I found out I was pregnant two weeks after I lost Joshua and Christina wow. was already pregnant. Wow. Um, and so that was crazy because we not only were experiencing this deep grief, but we also had the typical fears like, oh my goodness, am I going to lose this baby? Or why for me, I felt terrible for bringing a new baby into a broken family. I felt broken and I didn't know, I didn't know how to bring this baby in and feel the love. I didn't know that I was going to love him as much as I could love Joshua. You know, all those feelings that you have, that Mm -hmm. was just insane. Um, but we've both added two more babies to our homes. Um, I've actually added four. (laughs) Um, I have, (laughs) I'm a foster mom as well. So, um, I have six kids in my home right now and my heart is super full and happy, but at the same time, my whole heart still misses my baby boy. Mm -hmm. Um, and so here we are in this weird balance of being a mom to a child in heaven while being a mom full time here on earth. And, I, for one, think that the hardest job is being Joshua's mom because I'm missing out doing all the things that I'm doing with the other kids in my home. Um, While I am spending time with them and being present for them, I am still 100% missing out on the things that I could be doing with him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a poem um, that's Angela Miller, I believe. She has the blog, A Bed for My Heart. She wrote this poem called, um, I think it's called Two Places at Once. Anyways, she talks about how she wishes she could be at two places at once. She wants to be in heaven with her child as well as, you know, being on earth with our other ones. But yeah, we talked about that in our episode about just the daily struggles because I have a almost three-year-old and a one and a half-year-old. So during the day, I really don't have time to grieve because mm-hmm. I have to keep them alive, <laughs> feed them and change diapers and whatnot. So that's definitely um, one of the things I read in another article is you as a brave parent, you think about your child that's gone first thing in the morning. And when you close your eyes at night, that's really the time that we have to be their moms. Yep. I spend all of my, you know, dreaming with him. <laughs> that's how it is. That's my reality right now. Yeah. Do you, do you notice or feel a heightened sensitivity or awareness when the your children are the same ages as Mason, like or Joshua, like when they get that age, is it is that almost like a visceral like what what's do you experience that or what what's that like? 
bittersweet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is something I've. So my I had two other children um, when Joshua passed away that were younger. And so now I have a seven-year-old and a five-year-old. So I've had two that have passed him up. And that is, it's a weird, it's, I don't have any other better word than just weird. weird. Yeah. (laughs) And same for me. So I was 10 weeks pregnant with Noah and um, he, you know, 20 months, obviously passed Mason up and Everett right now is 17 months. So in March, he'll pass Mason up as well. And that is so when you have milestones, like when you have a baby, you know, you take the one month picture, two month, three month, four month, all the way through. And you're like catching every milestone, their first steps. Well, when your child dies, then you're like counting down and have anxieties over the next milestones. Oh, this is when my next child passes them up. Oh, this is their next missed birthday. Oh, this, the holidays are coming. It's year five without them. You know, mm-hmm. like that's what, that's the milestones for us now. Every year it's another, well, we have an episode about that too called another mm-hmm. year without your child, but mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. These Ian, are things people don't talk about. Like, that's why we need to talk about this because what yeah. you're sharing on your podcast and here are things that people don't share. Right. Right. It's a taboo subject. His, <laughs> yeah. My, my seven-year-old Ian, he lost his um, two top teeth. So he lost his second one tonight and mm-hmm. we're always talking about little things. And he's like, Joshua would have missed his teeth, huh? And I was like, he would have. But he has it. Did so mm-hmm. all those little things like teeth. Who would have thought about that? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So when people say, "Are you leaving the house?" or it's like, oh, "I'm, <laughs> I'm lucky to put pants on." I mean, and <laughs> yeah. and then also <laughs> you have to. <laughs> me too, but yeah. But we have we have you have to right because you're mom and and then so not only are you doing it. But it's like um, kind of what I imagine is you're doing it, but you're carrying this un- invisible backpack of bricks on you yeah. every moment of the day. Like you're aware of it. You feel it. Mm-hmm. And the world's just kind of passing you by. Right. And there's still things. You learn to put on your happy face. Yeah. Cool. I think that's one of the biggest struggles is people just, they look at you and they're like, she looks fine. Like she's over it, oh. you know, mm-hmm. and they don't understand that. No, we've learned to live with it. The grief right. never goes away. We have just learned to live with the pain. Yeah, that's true. We've, we, Tara and I have talked a lot about that. How just grief isn't linear. You know, it doesn't just go away. It's something you have to cope with and learn how to heal and get through. So, um, I guess with that, I, I also, one of my other questions is how have you guys, worked on like I know you found a lot of community through the compassionate friends um organization but are there other things individually or as families um that you've done to sort of heal or maybe tips to share with other parents uh who are bereaved bereaving yeah we have an episode called other ways to honor your child and um yeah we actually so for me it's um ways that we can all the ways that we can do to like honor our children and remember mm-hmm. them that is really helpful for me. So just every time we go somewhere, like I put my kids in yellow. Now Mason's with us on his one year anniversary. We always go to his grave cause it's not here. It's not local. And so just having those things that we do constantly to remember Mason, that that's huge for me. Cause if I just put it on the back burner and never thought about him and didn't get it off my chest, that is probably the worst thing anybody could do with their grief is just, 
hold it in. So just saying his name, talking about him, doing things in his honor, that's really helpful for me. Yeah. And so for our family, um, we always have a red plate um, at the table for every meal. Um, So he is always welcome at our table, no matter what. (laughs) Um, And we have his pictures on the wall. We talk about him pretty regularly. Um, He's still very much part of our family. And I mean, even our littlest boys know that that's Joshua. Even our foster babies (laughs) are, I have a three-year-old right now. And she prayed for Joshua the other night. And I was like, you know what? That's cool. Keep it on, sister. I love it. (laughs) You know, and um, for his angelversary or his death anniversary, um, we always do a memorial book drive. So Joshua was getting ready to go into kindergarten, but he loved books. He loved Pete the Cat. He loved, you know, all those fun little kids books. And so every year we do a book drive and they go um, to the developmental preschools throughout the Treasure Valley and um, to the hospitals. And it's just a neat way to remember him and to share his love for reading and help other kids as well. Yeah. Wow. Wow. You guys are amazing. You're amazing. (laughs) There's, yeah, that's to take this, um, geez, just such a profound, what you've been through and to find each other. And I, I, without a doubt, I just want to call it. It's you're you're doing it for to help others. I'm in awe. Are you, you're, Tara? You you're probably are. I'm sitting here like speechless just because. Yeah, how you're moving hard. forward as mothers and as women, and just you know, so. and just still grieving yourselves. It's um, amazing. Thank you. And um, do you have anything? Did you want to chime in, Tara? Or I was just thinking the impact that you have yeah. is far more reaching than you'll ever know. Yes. Um, and, and, and even uh, just the subjects of your podcast episodes sound so needed mm-hmm. um, and pertinent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, you're creating a legacy too, just because it's now that it's out there and it's on a platform, people are going to be needing that many years, many years to come. So, yeah. so good. And we're hoping as our grief journey, you know, as we continue along it, that maybe our topics will change and we, our perspectives will change and people mm-hmm. can get, you know, different sides of the story. Like we're only on year three. So 10 years down the road, if we're still doing this, <laughs> you know, maybe we'll have a different opinion or different advice. But so far, this is, this is all raw and how we're feeling right now. So I mean, we're meeting I think, people. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely want to, you know, show people that, we're still normal. <laughs> I mean, our, our new normal may look a little different, but we are still normal people. Um, and we are still finding hope and joy in every day. And we want other people to be able to experience. We want them to know that, you know, just because we have a huge chunk of our heart missing, it doesn't mean that we don't still have the ability to love and to serve and to be able to help people in their journey as well. Yeah. Perfectly sure said. It's beautiful. The human heart is um, pretty phenomenal, right? Sure is. <laughs> and so can you share more about where um, folks can find you? I know you have a, you're new with your podcast and you also have a blog or is it a blogcast? Tell us a little bit more about where everyone can yeah. find you. And I know you have these cute shirts, your, um, your merch too. So yeah, we call ourselves a blogcast because we started out just recording um, on YouTube, just the two of us talking. And then uh-huh. um, we actually started sharing that. And now we have podcasts. You can find us on every pretty much every podcast. So Apple, Google, Spotify, you know, Pandora, anything. 
uh, just under Sunflowers and Red Feathers. And then you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and um, then, of course, our blog. We usually kind of summarize a little bit of what we talked about in, in each episode. So you can go back and find like the links to the articles that we refer to. We read uh, stories um, like children's grief stories. We just did one today called The Invisible String. And so you can kind of go back through, read the blogs, too, if you'd like. Sunflowers and red feathers. <laughs> wow. That's it. <laughs> and in, for all your, like, I think you have t-shirts and was there other stuff that you have? Where can people, if they want to support in that way? Oh, yeah. I love that. So we have an Etsy shop. It's actually called oh. Yellow and Red Boutique because uh-huh. I think Sunflowers and Red Feathers has already taken somehow. But yeah, so Yellow and Red Boutique. But if you go to our Instagram, you can find um, all of the links to all of our different podcasts, our Etsy shop, everything all together. So Instagram is the best way to find it. Yep. Awesome. And your Instagram, the handle is at sunflowers and red feathers. Yep. Yes. All one word, all spelled out. So everyone, for folks listening, um, definitely check out their Instagram page and follow Christina and Stephanie along at sunflowers and red feathers is where you can find them. Um, anything else we want to talk about? Tara, you have anything or I feel like we've covered a lot. I want to go shopping right now. So yeah. I'm, I immediately when we hang up, I'm going to, check all that out because I wanted to. <laughs> there is some cute shirt. Yeah, I looked at some of the shirts, different ones. There was different styles and we're going to be making more. We're going to, yeah, we're going to start making like support. more personalized shirts. So our, our Etsy shop's about to boom. So keep an eye out. We're going to have Aww. different sayings Aww. and Bible verses and happy Aww. things. So that's awesome. Well, yeah, man, this is definitely going to touch a lot of people, what you ladies are doing. And um, we just thank you. Thank you for taking the time and just, sharing your stories and coming from a vulnerable place um, in doing so. Thank you for having us. Well, everyone, that about wraps up this episode of Portraits of Grief podcast. Thank you again to our special guests today, Christina and Stephanie of Sunflowers and Red Feathers. Again, they have a blog and a podcast. You can check them out on Instagram at Sunflowers and Red Feathers. And their website is flow, F-L-O-W dot page backslash Sunflowers and Red Feathers, where you can see sort of everything they do all in one. But if you just go to their Instagram, That'll be a good starting place um, to find connection and community. Um, If you are a parent who has gone through or going through child loss as well, definitely connect with these two special ladies. And again, we are Portraits of Grief. You can find us at portraits underscore of underscore grief at Instagram. We are also now available on all major podcasting platforms such as Amazon, Google Podcasts, iHeartMedia, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Thank you again for tuning in and taking a listen. And if you're out there and you feel compelled to share your own grief story and journey, we'd also love to hear from you. Feel free to give us a shout and connect with us. Until next time, we'll talk soon. The music in this episode is courtesy of Zapslat.